This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we found out about the latest in war boots, didn't we? Well, we didn't intend to. Clearly did, yeah. We thought it was a sport-related chat, but it, it turned it, it went in a different direction. It involved brightly coloured laces. Anyway, it's a long story. It'll make sense when you hear it. We found out about the greatest goal scorer of all time, and you've probably never heard of them, but thankfully Jonathan Wilson was on hand to give us a chapter and verse. And uh, somebody called in, um, a TalkSport listener, who um, has been drinking uh, beer from a vase. Absolutely, and he's yeah. gone viral. He called himself Lager Man. He did. And uh, he said, uh, well, he, he, uh, he compared himself favourably to Alan Brazil in those... Uh, in that department yeah. and you then built the legion of drunken heroes which we thank you for so all of that other associated chat that we had this afternoon here it all is good afternoon everyone good afternoon Max hey good afternoon you just heard there that uh, Manchester City had bought is it Bolivar 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 yeah we'll ask the... Tim Vickery about that t- tomorrow that's yeah. a good idea well I, I played football once in Bolivia did you really um, that's, cool. that's a lovely little segue in uh, late, Lake Titicaca I believe at the, really? uh, at the top of a mountain and we played a five a side it was about we were all in our I was early 30s I was the, old, I was the veteran of the side right. and we played uh, a few 20 year olds good footballers in the side there on, yeah. on our sort of on our minibus we played a, a bunch of about 60 year old Bolivians really? but the, the, there's no air up there. It's so the the uh, you know because you're so the the altitude is so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we couldn't breathe, and they were and just they were, they used were to running it. around us. So look, so West Brom is the highest ground. The Hawthorns <laughs> the highest ground. Quite so, as high as that. You don't get altitude this, sickness this, when you go to the Hawthorns. <laughs> you need to chew the coca leaves to not get the altitude <laughs> sickness. But this could be a really if, if City are struggling to win at West Brom, which I, I suspect they might have a good chance if they haven't done it already. Yeah, that's a way in. If signed some Bolivians, they're good at altitude. West yeah. Brom away. Good news for Pep Guardiola because it is the fine margins, isn't it? It, it certainly is. I mean, that, that's sixty-year-old Bolivians. Why did? How did you find yourself in Bolivia? What was it for? Oh, well, during the glory years. Were you finding yourself? Obviously, yeah. During the uh, during the glory years of Soccer M, uh, two thousand eight to twenty fifteen. Paul, yeah. uh, at the end of all, at the end of May, it was a bit like being a footballer without having to get fit. At the end of May, they'd say August the tenth. So I just get a backpack and fly to South America and really? just wander about, see what see what would happen. 
Okay. Yeah. So and that's where I ended up, up a mountain in Bolivia, playing uh, sixty-year-old sixty men. Yeah. And uh, you lost, I take it. Yeah, oh, absolutely hammered. Tough game. It was a yeah. really tough game. So okay, well, again, I'm quite interested in any of the listeners have had a little impromptu games. I think sixty, a team of sixty-year-old Bolivians is the bar that has been set um, yeah. by at, Max at, at, at altitude. At, at, at the minimum height, you know, I'd say like a thousand meters above sea level, or we're not interested. Okay, I think it doesn't have to be <laughs> no, football at altitude, but it just, I'm just interested to know whether a little scratch game has come together. And as we said, um, whether you've been called upon very last minute to get a game on. You I know, had a game in the Amazon once, Paul. Where, where <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> They had one area of land and they made it turn to a football pitch and they had like a they put like a temporary stand up, which is the stadium, and they had like a commentator. And because I was sort of taller than most of the Ecuadorians, they called me Peter Crouch at the time. It was <laughs> it's a, all relative, isn't but it? But I, I had a, I t- take my Astro boots whenever I go somewhere, just in case, like just a pickup. Exactly, it's great, isn't you it? never know. And uh, like the Incredible Hulk, and, aren't you? And the end of the game, it was the next day we were flying to a different part of Ecuador, and I just left my Astro boots outside. Yeah. And uh, then I, it, we packed in the morning, and I got my boots and I put them in the bag, and we flew to the other side of Ecuador. And when I got out, yeah, I reached in to take the soles out of my. AstroTurf boots and I pulled out a grasshopper that was about wow. 10 inches long and it flew down so I changed the ecosystem of you've Ecuador. T- if you've ever changed the ecosystem of Ecuador, 8, 10, 89. Oh, wait. Alan did that one with <laughs> Ali did. the other day. No, you're right. It was a Ray Parler was on. Yeah, yeah Ray, Ray came on. One. Yeah, he Absolutely. said, uh, they just, oh, change it a little bit. Change it a little bit, the ecosystem, Al. Not the whole ecosystem, but they killed off all the indigenous <laughs> grasshoppers. Now there's none left. That's why I fight for them. That's why I have a charity game every year for the indigenous grasshoppers of, uh, yeah, he so does. Ray and uh, they did it the other morning. Did you uh, did you like the FA Cup draw there? Were you happy with that? You've got um, you've got Wickham and then Wednesday or Everton. Our record at Goodison is generally pretty good, but you know, it's not. I'm not saying it's not a tough draw. They're a good side. They beat us at our place earlier in the season, so it could have been easier, couldn't it? Really? Yeah. Uh, who do you think would Chelsea win? finally got an away draw? They always seem to be at home. Chelsea, I think they finally got an away draw in whatever what round was it? The semi final we drew last. I night. mean, Manchester City is extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. Their, their last twelve draws in the third, third, fourth, and fifth round. Swansea or Forest, Cheltenham, Birmingham, Wednesday, Fulham, Port Vale, Newport, Burnley, Rotherham, Wigan, Cardiff, Burnley. They do all right in those draws, City, yeah. don't they? Um, I, I thought it was, uh, it was impeccable draw last night. Mm. Um, Reshman did a brilliant job, Aaron Reshman, Chowdhury, and, and Crouchy, I thought, was excellent as well. Because he had to do two draws. Have you ever done a draw for any sporting event? Well, Have you I ever mean, done I, it? I, we tried to do the draw for Autobiography Wars round one, and yeah. there were two Shane Warns <laughs> in it, and I messed up, got one of the numbers wrong. Yeah, I've done, the, I've done a lot of the JPT. Right, you know, okay. back in the day we did the JPT, we'd play your cards right. I, I used to feel the, um, I mean, we did one, uh, Barry Hearn came in, we did the snooker, we did the first round of, I can't remember, was it Master Snooker or was it, uh, well, it might have been a World Championship. I felt a lot of responsibility, yes. that thing of drawing people's names out, with Barry sitting there, you know, and you know, the old nine with a line under it, making sure it's not a six. And you do feel there is stressful responsibility of doing a proper draw. Like that. So I thought he did a very good job. Who, who do you think would win if Liverpool and Manchester United played against Stockport, West Ham, and Doncaster, which was yeah. when the draw was made? It was twenty-two v thirty-three. Well, they're talking about revitalising the FA Cup. What a way to to do that! Mm. I mean, it really would be alive and well if we, if we did. We had combined teams. <laughs> 
So, I mean, it'd be quite a West Ham-heavy side. Well, no, I think they get 33, because there's three of them, because yeah. it was done before West Ham beat Stockport. You get 33 players on the pitch from West Ham. <laughs> they each get their first starting eleven, hey, And then you get Liverpool idea. and Man United together. Yeah. Obviously not the cliques of like the late 90s when Liverpool and Man United didn't talk to each other, because yeah. that would really affect the game. It's something to consider, isn't it's, it? It's, I, I think I just heard myself saying, what a great idea. I didn't <laughs> actually mean it at all. <laughs> so, a lucky drinking receptacle. That's something I just want to get you going. We're keeping you busy in the first 10 minutes but tell us your stories lucky drinking receptacle might be a bit uh, easier to come up with this is this fella on social media you may have seen uh, Josh of Paisley in Renfrewshire who uh, basically started drinking from uh, drinking lager from a vase saw mm. a vase there mm. and started drinking from it I didn't, a bit of tenants um, and uh, I, I don't know if his team won but I think the listeners uh, one or two have already been in touch with you on social media haven't they they have lucky drinking receptacles yeah, yeah absolutely uh, Tim says my 2009 Norwich Beer Festival pint glass I smashed one I had to go and buy a replacement on eBay because wow. he has to dr- he has to use that to have when, a beer while he watches the exactly. game when Norwich are on Joe says I never drink from my QPR mug the morning before a Saturday game I can only enjoy a cup of tea from it in the days following a draw or a win. I like the expectation not high. A draw is fine for QPR yeah. fans at the moment. Um, yeah, and there's someone who says who, who only drinks, who only uses a bowl to drink beer during the Super Bowl, which I quite like. It's <laughs> a real attention to detail. So let us know. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHJ. Dante says, uh, same thing as Max, beaten by a bunch of 12-year-olds playing football in Mexico City. The air was thin, and I think they cheated too. They're accusing right. Mexican children Very easy. Have a go. They How can't defend you? themselves. They can't. Pedro joins us now from Guadalajara. <laughs> he was playing in that game. Hello, Mexico. We were totally Great honest. Yeah. Where's Andy? How is he? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Gab Cancello tells us on an exchange trip to France, we had to knock together a side to play our host school, who happened to be a district champs. We had an asthmatic, short-sighted goalie, two girls and their woodwork teacher uh, to make up the numbers, and we still beat them 2-1. See, they didn't Fantastic. want it. If you yeah. want it, that's all that matters. It's all in the mind, Gab. Well done. So, uh, keep those coming, uh, those uh, pick-up games you got involved, those weird, wonderful matches you played. Uh, Max was telling us he played against a bunch of 60-year-old uh, Bolivians. Bolivians. At altitude, At yeah. altitude. Hammered us. And got absolutely battered. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ. Now, uh, a lot more people, I think, are, are going out, uh, taking exercise late at night, running late at night. I think we've all been sort of driving along, and, you, and then suddenly someone's upon you, you think, wow, I didn't even see them, you know. So, hopefully they've got some sort of high-vis on. That helps. But what about... if if your shoes could light up, mm. wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah. The laces uh, would light up. Well, the good people at Nottingham Trent University and Kinetic uh, have uh, come together to make that happen uh, with quite a, a kind of cinematic way of uh, letting the lights kick in. Uh, joining us now, Dr Charles Footer from Kinetic. Good afternoon, Charles. Hi, hi guys. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. pleasure. It's a very good idea. I love the idea that you can a- activate these little LED lights in the laces by clicking your heels like Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I think I think that's the uh, the, the trail the old uh, British media caught on to. I mean, we developed the uh, the shoes in quite a serious purpose, to be honest, mm. uh, as more of a, um, we, we call it sort of a, a technology acceleration demonstrator. So I think everyone understands a shoe. And, and what you might want to do with a shoe and, and, and where that might go in the future sort of um, applications and ways you want to use it. And, and as you say, running might be a good one of those. But uh, what's actually been developed is, is quite a lot smarter than just sort of a flashing lace. So 
Um, things that things that could be possible sort of would include um, the ability to for the, for the shoe to sort of tell you where you're going on your run. Um, obviously, uh, we're all uh, sort of moving into the Strava and, mm. and GPS run mm. and generation, and, and kit like this could uh, enable you to run without the, the gubbins of mobile phones, watches, etc. Right. Okay. Oh, right. So, so you can stick your stick that on. I like the idea. I think I, I I trust our listeners to understand the purpose of a shoe. But yeah, but beyond. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but 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 that's interesting because I I find you know I've got my phone in my pocket, so I've got to wear a top that's got a zip that can keep my phone on. But this you know, and I don't have one of those watches, so I could have it on my trainer, and then it it tells in me how laces, far I've gone. All in that the information laces. in and, the laces. And how Charles? How how much you know? One that lights up, how much better is that than one that glows in the dark, a reflective in terms of safety? Yeah, I mean, again, the, the, the technology isn't sort of the ability to light something up or, or have, have a glowing. It's, it's, it's really a feedback to something quite a lot smarter. So to give you a bit of background, um, this was developed for a, a, a battle space environment, uh, allowing uh, direction or, or particular information to be relayed to um, operatives on on the ground um, so I, I mean that that's the kind of stream that that particular technology on on the shoe was was designed for um, and and yeah I think it's a slightly more uh, understandable and perhaps compelling um, to say active markets etc um, the lighting up function can also tell you something through flash or or um, you, you know burst. Well, the amount of information these could relay then, Charles, if you think you know, we see all the Premier League players wearing the, the, the vests that relay all that technology, if that could all be relayed through the players' laces, if that same level of information, uh, where they wouldn't have to wear those and it could be done differently, I mean, is that the sort of thing that ultimately could be done? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, to be honest, the technology you're talking about with the vest is, is actually just a, a passive technology which records a series of different uh, parameters or or points of interest, heart rate, et cetera, and, and how far the players have run. Um, the technology that we're developing as part of our yeah, smart textile stream uh, is actually sort of inbuilt CPUs, inbuilt PCBs that are doing thinking on the person. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think technology has come forward, especially for tracking performance at, at the elite level. Um, but we're talking about sort of the elite level of, of quite a different space. So so I'm, I'm just trying to get my head around this. Let's use football as an example. They're wearing your, your kind of super smart laces. Can the manager see, the coach see in uh, real time what is going on? Can he say, see a player's slowing down? He's not making the runs. I've watched, I've looked this back. I've looked at what the sort of runs you were making in the first half. You're not blah, blah, blah. Would they get that sort of real time information that they could make decisions on? Yeah, I mean, that technology exists already. It, mm. It's actually pretty simple nowadays and been sort of well miniaturized. Um, I, I think the, the uptake on that is, is, is going to be pretty tough because, as you say, you've only got a, a few um, potential customers. Let's say you might get the, the, the Premier League, maybe a championship, because it's expensive technology. As I say, it's, mm. it's technology that's designed for the the defence space, really. And how much will... I'd say these, these won't be sort of available to us in the... They won't be having the local Timpsons. <laughs> local Timpsons won't have a pair next <laughs> to your normal black lace-ups. Well, how much are you talking about? Get it, 
get a new leather sole and this throw yeah, in Yeah, nice we, trophy we, we, and get your keys cut, yeah. We, we haven't developed this as a product. As I say, um, th- this has been actually something that we've used to accelerate a number of technologies that we're interested in. So conformal GPS sensors, antennas, the ability to relay uh, personnel and, and ops information, um, and, and also the ability to, to sense danger in, in the locality and then very quickly um, relay that to the user. Oh, okay. What's well, interesting? So how, so how does it sense? Would you get a little bit of sense danger if there's a car coming or get a bit of a shot through your feet? I mean, no, no, we, uh, we, uh, we haven't uh, got the time to we'll explore it, that now, really. Unfortunately, it, it, it's loud noises. No, um, things like radiation, uh, a digital Geiger counter is a fairly um, wow. uh, up-to-date inf- uh, piece of information, uh, and also just HQ information. So, um, uh, a headquarters can relay to to a user exactly where. The danger is on, on the battle space. Wow, okay, That's fascinating. Military, military grade laces you can have. I did like the idea of clicking your heels together and your shoes would light up. Though. <laughs> one no, in, one in a thousand like, pairs gets I'm, you to Oz. I'm right? just a bit disappointed. No, good stuff, Charles. Thank, Thank you very you, much Charles. for joining us. Thanks for having me. Dr. Charles uh, Footer there, he went in the right business, of course. I like the idea, you know, t- detecting the danger. So, you know, yeah. you could detect it, you know, that's Sebastian Haller's boots. So, you know, you're right, don't worry there, focus on Antonio. This, I mean, basically, what we were talking about there was very, very high-grade military <laughs> use. And the way it was presented in the mail was with a massive picture of Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz. I feel like the people of the mail have been given a bum steer here, well, really. We, we, we hook, line I've, and sinker been, for us, wasn't I, it? I came in whistling somewhere over the rainbow. Exactly. And I should have been whistling the Dad's yeah, Army theme. Really. But, but, you know, do you understand the concept of a shoe? 8289. <laughs> a couple of people have been in touch saying, what's a shoe? What's a shoe? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast 
from Talksport. Alan's been in touch to say, "Shall I forget about the army? I only wear slip-ons. Yeah, yeah no laces. And definitely. Uh, yes. Steve says, "I can't imagine soldiers with glow-in-the-dark laces would <laughs> be a great defence mechanism." <laughs> Going <laughs> back to those red jackets and playing the bagpipes in the front line. Really, we haven't, th- we haven't thought it through. You're asking we? for it, aren't you? Anyway, um, now we're, one of the things we're asking you about this afternoon is your lucky sporting drinking receptacle. When your team's on, you only drink. I've got this old. I've got this old mug, uh, right. which has got the, the boys of 61 parading the trophy. Oh. Uh, and uh, one I got from somebody got me in the Spurs shop. It's a bit elderly now. But if Tottenham are on, I'm having a cup of tea. Uh, it has to be that one. I tend to wreck the spirit of the boys of 61. Oh, really? You, you so I, 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 I tend to... I will go to that over every other one. Everybody has a favourite little drinking receptacle. And it's amazing, really, in, in lockdown, people with time on their hands, how weird things can get ahead of steam up. And this was uh, Josh Coyle, who saw his dad uh, pick up a vase and start drinking lager uh, from it. I think his mum had left it out for some flowers. And the old man said, you know what? Get some tenants That'll in do, there. That'll do, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it may be the spirit of Brian Potter from Phoenix Knights, maybe, within him. And uh, Stuart, the dad in question, was listening. Hi, Stuart. How are you doing, lads? OK? You've, yeah, gone good, vi- you? you've gone viral, Stuart, and you didn't even know about it. You're a viral no. sensation. I know, I know. Uh, it's amazing. It's just grew arms and legs. <laughs> did you know it? I mean, did you know it was a vase, or did you think it was just the perfect uh, drinking glass for, for what was required? No, not really, because I was just sitting down, relaxing to watch the football, and she came in with the flowers, and I thought, I'm not going to get peace to watch the game, so I just grabbed the vase and filled it with tenants. <laughs> Would have been great if she put the flowers in that, at that point, <laughs> and it turned in, yeah. And are you, are you slightly surprised that, you know, I mean, to all intents and purposes, this vase looks a little bit like a glass, doesn't it? You know, it's not an ornate yeah. one. It's yeah. quite a, it's sort of like a, like a tall, thin, uh, yeah. yeah. Are you, are you, I mean, we, none of us have a lot to do at the moment, Stuart, yeah. but are you slightly surprised that this has caught the imagination of the yeah. nation? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It takes two cans. So it's a big, long one from, I'm allowed to see it at Ikea. <laughs> sure, Oh yeah, not? Absolutely. Okay. All right, you can get so. two in there. And, and Stuart, can you get, does it remain cold? I don't know how quickly you drink, but I find... Well, I, I drink quite a lot. My nickname's Lagerman. Man. <laughs> 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 that's the legion of drunken heroes he's a member of, Lagerman, yeah, Bitter boy. <laughs> what a great superhero <laughs> that is, isn't it? We yeah. can only call for Lagerman. Advocar girl. <laughs> well, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't they? Assemble. That's the yeah. stories my two sons got when they were small, lagger man. The more lagger you get, the more special powers you have. <laughs> who, who is your team, Stuart? Glasgow Rangers. Glasgow Rangers. So you're, this is a celebratory couple of cans yes. of tenants at the moment, yes. as opposed to commiserations to you. Well, so, oh, yeah. I'm going to try and get my record to 55. So, what 55? What cans during a game? Or? 55 cans during the game. <laughs> wow! <laughs> who knew we'd find a Scotsman who, yeah. who could drink more than Alan on Talksport? It's the yeah. first one. <laughs> that would be oh, fantastic. He's an amateur. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty. I mean, there, uh, there's probably some health. I mean, that's 55 in the game is quite the that's, effort, that's, isn't it? Well, that's 20 oh, odd. That's my twi- ambition. 20 odd <laughs> vases <laughs> full. Where, Stuart, where are you currently at, Stuart? If your ambition is 55, it mine could be, but I don't think I get past three in a game. <laughs> Uh, my record's 29. 29. Wow, okay. 29. But we should point out, please drink responsibly. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, oh, yes, yes. The kids are in bed when I'm doing that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. So, yeah, as long as your liver knows that. Stuart, um, is this the year then? You just, are you right? Stephen Gerrard's done an amazing job for you, hasn't he? Oh, yes. I, I hope so. I'm not tempting fate just now, but I really oh. do. 
I think he's, I think he's, he's I think doing really well. After last night, you're getting to the stage where we're. Uh, I'm not interested in them. No, <laughs> not interested in them. We do our own job, and we were 55. Yeah, good stuff. Well, look, Stuart, lovely to talk to you. It's great you've gone viral. Thanks, Stuart. Oh, we look forward to you on the next series of Dancing on Ice. There we are. Cheers, Stuart. There we are. That's uh, uh, Stuart there, the uh, the dad in question who's drinking from a. I wonder if that IKEA vase now. But people will be th- popping in there, seeing it, and thinking. Well, you get two cans in there. They could move it to the kitchen section and see if it sells <laughs> more, could. I guess. I like the Legion of Drunken Heroes, though. I mean, <laughs> yes, what a wanna, film What wanna... a film that could be. If you want to help us build that, we've got Bitter Boy and we've got Lager Man, of course, uh, Stuart. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> this is Alan Brazil. Captain own... Morgan, of yeah, course. Cap- he's, he's a really Cap- good one, isn't he? Captain Morgan <laughs> will need to be there. So, let's have, uh, as, we, as we do um, advise you, as once again, to drink responsibly, we will build... The Legion of Drunken Heroes this afternoon. Talksport.com. Text 81089 or tweet to Amongst other things that I suggested that, that people uh, got in touch with was yeah. about, um, which we haven't discussed yet, which is obviously, you know, footballers can no longer, so they've been told not to hug each other. Mm. And in fact, Sparky wrote to the star and said, why are footballers still allowed to hug each other when celebrating a goal with the risk of spreading COVID? He's a, he doesn't want to, G is clearly, he's not interested. Spreading. G does not work. Really? Celebrating and spreading. Maybe G doesn't work on his phone. It's a pretty Patel envelope there, <laughs> isn't it, really? Spreading COVID-19, find a different way to celebrate. So I thought the idea of, could we come up with socially distant celebrations for the for the uh, the players yeah. to do? I was thinking like a quiet, a, a Regency bow. You know that thing you see where the one buckled shoe comes forward, in this case yeah. a, a, a light-up laced football boot, and that the arms thrust out the other one, and you do that thing with the right hand where you sort of wave it and bow at the same That's time. That's really like nice. You, like you've just ended a dance with someone... <laughs> Yes. A woman with a big blonde wig and a beauty spot. Uh, Killarney's pub, which I believe deals in, in pints, not two-pint vases, says, <laughs> I would fancy a classic game of follow the leader, where the goal scorer walks around the empty stadium, weaving in and out of rows up and down steps with his teammates in a train yeah. behind him. That's a nice one. Ben says, the usual Cristiano Ronaldo, um, but running off to the nearest camera. So each player runs off to the nearest camera to them and does the Cristiano Ronaldo, and you kind of lean back yeah. but obviously when you cut it up with the cameras it could look really good if each player whoever scores you know Martial scores tonight against Burnley but then yeah. they all run off into different directions and then you could cut them up with the cameras you don't look convinced by that <laughs> looking at me going <laughs> why are you the, on this show I've done this show for stare. 20 years <laughs> and this is what you bring me it's just I've just had an epiphany Max so I'm off mate I've okay. just, I've just <laughs> realised what's hey, the point of all now, this now there was this microwave here we go that's what I wanted Barry <laughs> uh, says uh, coordinate like an Esther Williams routine with all yeah. the players running away from each other from using a, a drone so yeah. you get that aerial shot from of them creating flowers <laughs> exactly from the overhead camera players are exploding firework and someone else said um which i I need to find because it's a really good one um like a uh, make a constellation so so the the more um the 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 more the rarer the constellation they could make so you make the plow or the you know the orion's belt that's not as good a constellation of aerial shots yeah absolutely why not just sort of bump elbows Oh, you're not allowed or to just touch each bump fist from a bump fist from a distance. I don't think you're giving this the, uh, <laughs> the attention it deserves. Would you like to move on? No, Paul? no, Max. I'd love to. I'd love to hear any other elaborate ones. Talk sport. That the players. There's got to be socially distanced. Obviously, talksport.com text eight. Well, you can always give one, give one of your teammates a phone call when you get home and go, "Yay!" One of them. This <laughs> afterwards, I think it's lost in the movement. Oh, James in Manchester says the legend of drunken heroes, missed train man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Where, whoever you know, wherever he is, he's missed the train home. 
home. Yeah. He's missed the last bus mate, home. That's my mate Steve, who uh, gets on the train whenever he's drunk and he goes to the end of the line. Well, that could be Cambridge, it could be Harrogate. Um, and then often stays awake, yes. uh, and then all comes the all back. the way back again. He's done that a couple of times. A friend of mine, yeah. Ollie, was uh, getting a train. We were, we were on a night out in Reading on a mm. golf weekend. He had to get back to Waterloo, and he got the train, and he fell asleep, and he woke up at Waterloo, and rushed out of the train, and rushed out of the station, and got in a cab, and said, Oval, please. And the guy said, that'll be 180 quid. He went, what? He went, you're in Slough. Oh, yeah. To be so drunk to think that Slough Station looks like Waterloo and not notice yeah. at any time is quite impressive, isn't My it? My mate has run off the train thinking he's at the point of getting his train. The door's closed and that's the last train. It's pulled out to go into the sidings. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he's getting a 50 quid cab home. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. We're going to hear from Jose Mourinho. You may have heard this earlier on. Our own James Savundra uh, was uh, putting questions to Jose ahead of the Fulham game and asked whether Jose had any sympathy for Scott Parker, the Fulham manager, having to play at uh, such short notice. Are you serious? They had 48 hours to prepare for this game. Look, I I had the news that I was not going to, to play them two hours before the game starts. The biggest impact is to have matches postponed. That is the biggest impact. The changing of, uh, let's say, the order of, of the matches, uh, the impact is, I would say, minimal, because in the end... In the end, you have to play 19 matches at home and 19 matches away. You have to play two matches against every team. If it's to help the Premier League to go and to hands properly, I think it's a solution that we all have to we all have to accept as a positive solution. If Jose had had a game sprung on him, when he'd pick, <laughs> when he, if he'd picked a team to play in the Cup, it was slightly different with Marine, because, uh, you know, they had a tougher game for them. Mm-hmm. But if he picked a team to play in the Cup thinking, well, I haven't got to worry, I can pick a team because no, I won't really play until next Friday, so I've got a clear run now. And then a game was dropped on him on Wednesday. He wouldn't be massively pleased. Whatever he says there, no, but- he would have absolutely said uh, it's totally fine. What's much worse is that Fulham had a, had a game and then it was postponed. Yes, I respectively don't think that's nonsense, isn't it? I mean, it's, it is it is annoying if your game is called off right two hours before kickoff. That yeah. is annoying. You prepared for it. I understand that, and you might have you might have prepared the game before. Yeah. That that might that have was an the impact. Le- I mean, that was the league's fault, wasn't yeah. it? Really, they, they they procrastinated. They obviously want to get all these games on, and they've left it as late as they could to make a call. Uh, you know, so that's what went on there. It wasn't really Fulham's fault that they had this this outbreak. But mm. Dave Kidd wrote a really interesting piece in the Sun. He is a Fulham fan. He's got skin in the game, but he felt the whole thing was felt very Sunday League. And I, I do take one of his points. Over the next six weeks or so, with everything that's going on, there's a pretty good chance. A bit like we always say about things uh, evening themselves over the course of a season over VAR and mm. penalty shouts, etc. I think we're going to see quite a few teams sawn off like that. We're going to see a few games having to be rearranged very quickly, meaning you might have to play a game on a Wednesday that you weren't even expecting at the weekend. And you're going to see a lot of teams feeling the way that, that Fulham are at the moment. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the attitude is, is if it's one of the top four or six teams, if it is a Liverpool man. What are you suggesting? Well, I just, I just, I'm wondering if the pushback, that greater pushback, will mean that, uh, that these games won't, won't go on in the same way. Maybe Fulham 
have been a bit too accommodating. Or they've got no choice. I mean, it's the Premier League's call. Uh, yeah. Dave Kidd making the point that we could have been in a situation, we still might, that we may have to go Sunday morning and have double headers. You know, idea. two 60-minute games played on the same evening or same afternoon. I've suggested this, I think, to... I can't remember, to Jamie O'Hara or Darren Bent or someone who just looked at me like I was mad. But yeah, there's a, a double header's great. You get six points. You know, it's a, it is a literal six-pointer, so isn't would it? Would you play an hour? Then you play half hour each way. You yeah. get about five minutes off. Then you maybe get 15 minutes off. And then you get another hour, half could, hour each way. Could you put two different teams yeah, absolutely, out? Absolutely, yeah. You, you could can, play an A yeah. and a B side yeah. as agreed up front. Yeah, totally. You can bring as many as you like. 14 in the match day squad. They can obviously have their nine substitutes, but you could mix that up. If it came down to not getting the season finished or playing double headers, I don't think there's a fan out there who wouldn't <laughs> like to see a double header. Obviously, yeah. it, home advantage, I mean, although the league has kind of shown that doesn't really exist. Yeah. Wouldn't you just like to say, you know, what have you got? Sunday, four o'clock, it's Man United-Liverpool, and at 5.15, it's Liverpool-Man United. You'd be like, that is a great Sunday, yeah, isn't it? It would, it would be really yeah. fun. I mean, I, I'm actually, I don't know what you think. <laughs> it's I, never going to happen, No, it? it isn't. But but we should run football, and then it would. I, I'm actually, I'm surprised and sort of slightly impressed. I totally understand Scott Parker's uh, feelings about this and I think Fulham have on this occasion it, it sort of been diddled and, I, and, I, and you do hope over the season everyone will have to kind of go look for the greater good we need to do this I'm actually slightly surprised and impressed with the flexibility I kind of thought they you know people were saying this last week they should have announced this earlier yeah. but I'm slightly surprised that they've managed to make it happen, yeah. even if it is slightly unfair on Fulham. But you know, well, we were all saying Friday night, as soon as Villa put the kids out against Liverpool, everybody was saying, yeah. um, well, there's no way they're going to be able to play Wednesday. There's no way they're going to play Wednesday. So, sure. And you can't do it in the Premier League. I've heard yeah. people say, well, if you can do it in the Cup, you can do it in the League. The difference is... But they could have called it on Friday yeah. night, allowing yeah. Scott Parker to play a different team against QPR. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's so... It, 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 it's totally unfair on Fulham. Having said that, with my Spurs allegiance, and you know, oh, yeah. is, Fulham I, will actually go over there and get... absolutely cuff their second string. <laughs> no, no, but I Fulham just, will get is, a point no, now, really, won't they? They probably will. <laughs> They'll feed. They probably will. They'll feed off the injustice of it. They'll mm. play out their skins. But I think that, I think this will, I think you're right. So many things are going to happen, aren't they? We, we're all waiting for football to stop. I don't know about you. You're sort of in your, yeah, you in your do, heart. You do get that too. You hope it carries you're, you're on. You're sitting there going, I really want it to carry on, but I want it to be safe. I, I, what I do wonder is, and I think we're not necessarily in the best place to judge this, is how generally is it viewed away from football fans, right? Mm. I would suspect most people listening to this are football fans. It'd be an yeah. odd station to listen to if you hated football. <laughs> yeah. But for the rest of the country, how do they feel when they see football carrying on? It seems... It seems at odds with what's happening elsewhere. Yeah. Now, obviously, anything that carries on is good because people get paid. You know, people have to pay, get the stadium open, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, it helps for it to carry on. Yeah. And you know, if something I'm not interested in, opera, could carry on safely, then good. You know, I wouldn't be angry about it. But yeah. I, I do wonder what the the feeling amongst people who aren't interested in football and, and we don't know because... I watched a bit of socially distanced opera the other day. Oh, I had a go. I, I know somebody who's uh, involved uh, and uh, they, they, they were just showing us a video of... Uh, it's part of a course they were doing, part of a degree course okay. they were doing. And uh, it's, well, it's a bit weird. You know, opera doesn't particularly lend itself to everybody being at least two metres. And they, they also had to be very careful. They all had to wear masks... 
because okay. you know you're singing so loudly and so powerfully. They had to really keep like away surgical from masks. They did them in character masks. No, they did it. They did them in surgical masks, oh, right. so, which which wasn't easy. Was it course. a medical opera or it, not? It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't. Wasn't Phantom of the Opera either. No, because that would have. Yeah, it's the wrong place for the mask. But they it, all Phantom? had to. It's weird. You know, you got a lot of love scenes. You got a lot of. You've got to hold. Someone's always dying. Someone's. You've you got know. to hold them up. I mean, you're yeah. two meters apart, just sort of pretending to hold them and stuff. You got a lot, sort of, a lot of virtual air kissing was going on, but it's uh, not talk opera. But you know, what is your favourite? Adrian, come and on, let's have of... Ali for me. It's got to be Don Giovanni <laughs> for Ali. me. I don't like the comedies, Ali for no, me. But, you know, there's for a me, lot it's to be got said for... to be. I like Mozart. For, you know, Ali, I do love. Yeah, but I do Ray. love Carmen. <laughs> yeah. <it's>, uh, <laughs> I'd love, to, I'd love to see Alan do that. Uh, Nick says, great to oh, hear yeah. Wes Houlihan is still playing. What a genius he was for two seasons with us in Blackpool in the late noughties. Scored a famous Penenka against our noisy neighbours Preston at their place, which has gone down in pool legend. Yeah, I was Barry Glendening and I were talking about Wes Houlihan. Going, you know, everybody in Ireland thinks Wes Houlihan is one of the greatest players of a generation, wow. except the four or five people who were managing the Republic <laughs> of Ireland at the time, which is a bit of a disappointment. He is Irish, of course, isn't Absolutely, he? Absolutely, yes. The fact he wasn't picked very often, I was beginning to wonder <laughs> no, no. whether somebody had found out. I mean, with a name like that, I kind of yes, guess he, he, absolutely he, is. Kinda guessed he was. Never stopped to Ireland in the past. You're never Ireland. quite sure. Um, what else? I was going to ask you something else here. I'm looking at a few of the things we didn't get round to today. Okay, yes. Uh, one of which was uh, Harry and Meghan, apparently. One of the things that they hope to do with their new production company is create their own comedy shows. Oh, great. I don't guess they'd be the mass- massively easy people to pitch to for a comedy <laughs> show. I don't know. I mean, may I could be wrong. They you could have incredibly... experience in this, uh, you? I imagine they'd be of that school of TV um, executives that I've pitched comedy show ideas to, and they sit there straight-faced and go... Yeah, that's very funny. You feel oh, like saying, no. well, why aren't you laughing then? <laughs> I need have laughed in the last five minutes. I've, I've had some of those, I've, I, and I'm sure you have, I've had some of those youth hostelling with Chris Eubank meetings. Oh, yeah. You know when so, you sit down and go, right, you're meeting a TV executive, and, and you know, I've had no TV shows commissioned, so like, I don't have a great hit rate. And like, you've got a good idea that they instantly think is terrible. Mm. And then you think, I want to do an idea, a, a documentary called Big Things. Yeah. Right? We just go to the biggest thing the biggest car the biggest factory the biggest house max rushton's big exactly things. i just think it's simple but it works but anyway they go that's terrible and they go what else do you like what are your passions and you sit there going oh no i don't like anything and i'm in this meeting going i've got to think of something i like and then all i can think of is chris tarrant on railways but i'm not that bothered about railways and then you sort of i'm trying, I'm trying to think where you could get that away i'm trying <sighs> dave they would take big things, wouldn't they? They, they? they might. Look, they, I think ITV would take Bradley Walsh's big things. Hey, Richard Osman's big things. Richard works, Osman, doesn't it? It I mean, works. You know, tall guy. Paddy McGuinness's yeah. big things. I, I just, I'm not suggesting that your level of celebrity couldn't get this away, Max, but your level of celebrity couldn't get this away. Could Richard, could Richard Osman, because, you know, everything he touches turns He's to gold. He's got better things to do than Max Rushton's <laughs> big things. Because he is very tall, isn't he? So well, that's I suppose the point. It could that's work the, for him. Yeah, him and Crouchy. Yeah. Because I'm not even really short. Like Andy Jacobs' big thing would work because you know he's short and they're Andy big. Jacobs, that would, he could be like the, the Richard Hammond in that particular Crouchy. Yeah, that exactly. looked funny, wouldn't it? Uh, Richard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no, you don't think so? I just realised we're on every, national radio. Every, we move on? <laughs> no, every big thing. Got no, three no, Premier League games. Bear tonight. with me. Every big thing you compare it to blue whales and double decker buses. You see, and then you have a whole yeah. there's a there's a whole area of spreadsheets. Could yeah. be really good. Well, look. Yeah. Yeah, that's very funny. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Premier League doubleheaders, Andy and Rygate says, I once played a Sunday League doubleheader, was sent off in the second half of the first game. Opposition were annoyed when I lined up for the second game, but referee confirmed the paper
paperwork and associate <laughs> a band had not yet gone through and was able to play. And, and uh, they, should have, they should have had a judge by the side of the pitch saying, "That's it, banned for three games." And you, you, you looked. You gave those eyes when you looked through me when I'm suggesting a terrible idea, Paul. When <laughs> I was suggesting big things, big things. Out, Max Rushton's big things. You mentioned uh, Richard Hammond. It turns out that he made it all for either Dave or National Geographic. But lots of people got in touch to say my one and only TV idea has already been nicked by Richard Hammond's very upset. So he's already done he's it. He's already made it. He called it big. He missed off the things. So that maybe he went in with big things and then they went, actually, I've got it. Take off the they things. They probably said, we had Max Rushton in with big things. I, but don't call it things. It'll take him off the scent. We, we haven't have to give him anything. You're right. And that's too late to sue now, isn't it? Probably. Well, yeah. you, well Andy's back tomorrow, isn't he? So I can spend tomorrow uh, getting a, get, a very getting stern a legal, legal letter. case together and I'll bring it to yeah, you on Thursday. Bring it into us <laughs> Thursday. We look forward to that. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon show. Max, uh, we'll leave you then to write stern letters uh, to uh, the powers that be, Richard Hammond. And you're back on Thursday. Back on Thursday if selected. Fantastic. Good stuff. Andy's with me tomorrow. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.